0: So let's address the elephant in the podcast app. You're looking at this episode and wondering, John, why is this episode so short? What even is a bonus bite-sized episode? Well, the answer is a little bit complicated, but it boils down to the fact that the episode I had recorded and edited about the Zeus Mauer malware had some technical difficulties that are resulting in a need for me to re-record and re-edit it. Instead of trying to do that quick and risking a poor quality release, I'm pushing that out a week and dropping this mini-episode instead, so you all get something. So, what is a bite-sized episode? Well, last week I told you about my Patreon, right? One of the tiers of the patrons allows for you to request a mini. But basically what that is, is something like a 10-15 to minute episode in length on a topic of the patrons choosing. It could be something new that they want my take on, an expansion on a topic I already covered, or even within reason, something not really related to the show that you just want to see me elaborate on. If you think it can go for 10 to 15 minutes and it's not inappropriate, I'll cover it. So with that, I'd like to say thank you to Pfair for this question and the support. The prompt was this, the use of OSINT in social engineering and dating. So... I'm John Cordes, and for the next little bit, I'd like to take a bite out of this topic and maybe even get your thoughts, because I'm doing something I never really thought I'd do on this podcast, and I think I'm giving dating advice. I think it's safe to say online dating is a cornerstone in our world today. Hell, I met my wife on a dating app, so I think I can come to this with at least a slight bit of an informed personality here. But the dating app scene between then and now has changed a little bit. There are fake accounts, more ways to link your account, and more ways to be found off app than there were back then. But on the flip side, there are also more people and more ways to really make sure that you're finding someone that engages you and likes you for who you are. So when someone asks about doing a bit of research before a first date, it can honestly come from a variety of places. So before we begin, let's give a small recap on what OSINT and social engineering are. We're going to keep it simple and to the point. OSINT, or Open Source Intelligence, is information that you can find legally and easily online through public means. It might be something like finding out that you live in Nashville, because you have it as your home on Facebook and that profile is public. But social engineering, that's when you use the data or the circumstance you're in to create a favorable outcome for you. A more positive spin on that word might be something like a mentalist. A negative spin might be something like a con man. It's varying shades of gray. And before I get into any kind of ethics on this, I'm going to set one ground rule here, and that's to try to remain as unbiased as I can. I'm going to use gender-neutral terms when I'm putting hypothetical situations out there. Unless a statistic that I use explicitly calls it out, otherwise, I'd like to keep the idea that this could happen to anyone up in the open. Okay, so that's out of the way. Let's start with the way that this was posed to me as a question and a prompt before we get too deep down the rabbit hole. The situation that was posed to me as a part of a patron bonus was posed like this. It went, quote, One could use OSINT and social engineering tactics when dating. It might sound like it's a bit stalkerish, but it's to get an advantage with some more knowledge, and it might allow them to be a bit more interesting. Nevertheless, it could be challenging for one not to be seen as a creep in doing so. One would have to use the found information as excitingly as possible, but not obviously. And then... A specific example of what might have been done was given to me, and it went like this. Most of the time, it isn't inherently difficult to find the birthday of someone. Instead of just saying, oh, you were born November 2nd, maybe a little thirty game could be played where one might say they were a mind reader. The date just needed to think about their zodiac sign, and then when the reader was ready and with the knowledge of a birthday that they already had to offer up, they could offer that zodiac sign that they'd known beforehand, for a fun little trick. The other question that was posed as a part of this was looking at vacation pictures, and then mentioning that maybe they were interested in traveling to a place where they knew the date had already been to prompt discussion on it. So first, out of respect to Ferd, I want to talk about these two specific situations before expanding on them and where a line might be seen or not seen. But again, I'm laying another ground rule out here. I'm no Casanova. Hell, my hobbies are running a cybersecurity podcast, playing Pathfinder, and telling dad jokes. I have never touted myself as any kind of expert in romance, so I'm going to hand you just my opinion and a grain of salt because you should honestly use your best judgment when it comes to all of this. At the end of the day, I think that these tactics are honestly a bit unnecessary for when you're dating someone. The reason I say this isn't because I think they're inherently wrong, I guess, but it's more about the payoff and the time of it all. You know, it might make you look more interesting for a second or two, or it might not even land at all, and after you try the trick with a birthday, you'll still have a whole date to get through, and if there isn't much of a foundation of a connection there, then you haven't really added much at all. You might have even spent a bit of time looking for that birthday only for it to go nowhere. The second question, though, is one that I'm interested in latching onto because I'm going to use it as a pivot point in a little bit. That was a question of prompting someone to talk about a trip that you'd known they'd taken. This one is so close to being where I think is an appropriate way to use a little bit of information. The problem here is that the person is inherently setting up a potential lie. Like, one could go to a date and say, Oh, I'm thinking about traveling, and I've always wanted to go to Italy to get the other person to talk about their trip. But what if I actually didn't want to go to Italy, and I was just saying that? Then I've set up a weird situation where I need to feign interest in Italy forever? When the alternative really is so much easier and, in my opinion, more caring. Simply ask them about it. Something like, hey, I saw on your profile you went to Italy. I've always considered going there, but I wasn't sure. Can you tell me a little bit about your favorite things and what you did there? A, you're not setting up a false pretext. B, you're letting them talk about their experience instead of just talking about yourself. And C, you can genuinely respond with ways to expand on that question. It doesn't put you in a tough place, and now you don't need to worry about that information that you had beforehand. But I think there is something that's a little bit missing from what I was just talking about, and that's where I'm going to start to turn this episode prompt on its head a little bit. Because where and when is it appropriate to use this information? And the information and the situations that I'm creating now are created by me, not the requester. So from here on out, these are hypotheticals that I'm setting up to follow the prompt out. And to set up this prompt a little bit and expand on it, let's examine a couple of questions that I think should be asked to yourself if you're about to use OSINT in a dating situation. They're all kind of tied to each other. Like, how many degrees of separation from your original profile did you need to go to get that information? How long did you spend looking for it? And how did you find it? For example, if you're on Hinge, you can choose to show your recent Instagram feed, but with no username. If you're on Tinder, you can connect Instagram and Spotify, choose to show where you are in relation to someone else, and display your age. And on Bumble, you can choose to show where you are, connect the Instagram, and connect your Spotify. Now, according to my brother, who very kindly let me look at his apps for this, none of your actual usernames are shown in this process, beyond the usernames for your dating profile. So if I have a profile called turtle shell and an Instagram called shell pod, they wouldn't really know that A and B are connected inherently. So for point A, how many degrees of separation did you go? Are you taking a look at the Instagram feed that they've got linked to their account? Well, that's not really an issue in my book as they've explicitly connected to it. So if you brought up a trip to Italy that you saw on that Instagram feed, go for it. But let's go another degree out. Maybe they didn't explicitly connect their Instagram, but they used the same profile name. Let's go back to my earlier proposed scenario. What if I've got Turtle Shell as my dating profile name and as my Instagram name, but I didn't explicitly connect the two? Now we're starting to get into slightly more gray territory here because even though Instagram is my public profile, I made a conscious choice not to connect it to the dating profile. And this right here starts the spiral of how things can go from appropriate to inappropriate, maybe without someone realizing it. It's a little bit tricky because it is social media and this is a public profile that I've set up at this point. In talking to my wife about this, we were both kind of in agreement here that that's not an unreasonable thing for someone to look up a username on. And do a cursory search on whoever they're going to go out on a date with just to check it out, especially if it's something just as simple as looking up the same account name. But what if you went a little bit deeper and couldn't find me on Instagram, and couldn't find me on Facebook with a username, or anything inherently open? If you watch shows like Catfish, then you know that there are other ways to find profiles, like reverse image searching, or if someone went to the extreme, maybe even using the metadata from the photos that they've gotten. This is where the line really does start to get crossed a little bit, because yes, maybe you start searching to verify that this person is who they say they are, but if someone came to me with information from a profile of mine that they found by doing a reverse image search, then I might rightly be a little bit skeptical about their motives and their situation. But that goes to the last question. Did you need to use tools or a service to find the information that you're using? If you did, I'm honestly going to say that I think that's a bit of a line that might be crossed, And some of you might not agree with that, because it's still just using publicly available information. It's just my view on it. And there are some tools out there that are a little more geared towards just validating that someone is who they say they are, as opposed to finding out where someone is or who someone is. Again, in this hypothetical, we're talking about someone that you've already matched with on a dating profile. You've gotten part of a way. I just don't see much of a world where going through the extreme like this for anything other than verification that they are who they say they are is worth it when you could just ask them about these things in the app or on a date. But I do wanna focus on that validation part because that's a real thing too. That's something that people really do need to be concerned about. According to Basito, as many as 10% of dating profiles are fake. They could be fake for a myriad of reasons, like a catfish. Advertising explicit services, trying to scam you out of money, there's a laundry list of reasons people might create a fake account. So if you're out there looking to make sure your date is who they say they are, there is a decent pretext as to why you're doing it. Other reasons that someone might want to verify can come from some negative experience that a dater has had in the past. For example, one article I read from a user on Medium reported that these five things were dodgy about someone they'd found out before on the first date. Number one, the date was apparently married with children. Number two, another date used an alias and had over $100,000 in debt. Number three, this date lied about her age by 15 years. The fourth date was found guilty of strangulation less than a year prior. And the last date was recently released from prison after a 15 year stint. These are all red flags that the match did not disclose up front and kind of should be something that you maybe want to make known to the person you're about to go out with and asked to make a commitment with. So yeah, there are legitimate reasons for doing a little bit of OSINT on your date before you go out. I think you'd be hard-pressed to go into a date and, if asked about that, be faulted. You just want to make sure that you're safe and they're safe. I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing. But on the flip side, there are instances where OSINT can be harmful. For example, in an article on Vice, a young woman outlined a situation that had happened to her. She was going through her normal day at work when someone she didn't immediately recognize came into her store and asked why she wasn't responding to his messages. It took her a moment to realize that this was a man from Tinder that had found out where she worked after he had seen a photo of her online there. So before any kind of date, he showed up and got relatively aggressive. Similar situations happen pretty frequently, albeit a little bit simpler, where users on Instagram might just get a message like, hey, it's so-and-so from Tinder, without ever having had a huge conversation with him, or maybe even having one and had dropped it. This is a path of escalation that, at least in the UK, has led to recorded instances of stalking nearing the 1,000 count annually. So it's with that context that I want to bring us all back to the original prompt as well is there a viability or a strategy in using OSINT for dating? Is it appropriate? If I had to give a concrete answer to this, I'd say that on the surface level, I guess, yeah, it's okay to do a little bit of research. But the deeper you go and the longer you spend doing it and the more effort that you put into it, the closer to the line you tend to come. And these statistics are things that happen frequently. So it's not like I'm shining a light on some hidden corner of the internet here. If this is a person that has had a bad experience, you risk being lumped into it because of that. At the end of the day, if you keep it to that surface level and just engage in conversation about what they're posting and what you see, I just don't think it's necessary to use OSINT as a way to be interesting. I don't want to sound corny, but just be you. That's coming from a fact that it works for me. But one thing I really want to know is what you think about it. In the description of this episode, there's going to be two links, and one of them is to the Discord channel for the show. I'd really like it if you joined in... And in the episode discussion, let me know your thoughts on this. I'll admit, I was ready to write this topic off because initially I thought it was not something that was appropriate. And I was going to ask for a new one. But the more I sat down and the more I thought about it, the more interesting it kind of became. The more research I did on the topic, the more I realized that it's something where everyone is going to have different viewpoints on it. And different places where they're going to draw the line. Who knows? Maybe that zodiac sign thing would land with someone listening and they'd love it. So... Head on over there and let us know, because I want to engage in this discussion. I really want to get an idea of what you think. The other reason that you should head to the Discord is that this Saturday, February 18th, at 6pm Eastern Standard Time, there's an event in the Discord. We'll be online, hanging out as a community, maybe even playing some games, if people feel up to it, that is. There's a little event notification in the top of the channel list, where you can click interested or not and I'd love to see people there. We've got a small group that already might be there, so come on in and join us. That's it for the first bite-sized episode. I want to thank Fair for agreeing to let me post their prompt publicly because this is a Patreon bonus. Every bite-sized after this is going to be found there for our patrons only. Think of this as a little bit of a sample to see if this is the kind of format that you would want to listen to or check out from time to time because it is one of the perks. Or maybe you want to submit a request if you're feeling like there's something that you want me to talk about. No matter what level you are, you'll be able to check this out and some of the other benefits at patreon.com slash Lastly, because there are patrons, I do want to thank them because they're helping me keep the show running now. So thank you, and I apologize for any pronunciation errors here, but thanks to Benjamin Sweetnam, Christian Odegaard, Fiat, Chris Finnick Ben Markorell, Sudo, Ty Sashworth. RKA, FLD, VXUB, which I swear is not a verbal exploit command. And last but not least, the user that's now continuing to test out the limit of characters in his username. Quote, I use Pot of Greed to draw three additional cards from my deck. Thank you for supporting the show. It truly means the world to me. I'll see you all next week for another episode of What the to talk about the Zeus malware.